Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. So I believe this is our fourth teaching on the subject of how should I pray? So we're kind of just following the pattern and the model that Jesus gave us. It's called the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and kind of breaking it down and um, pretty much filling in, uh, you know, tons of scripture and information from the Bible and pick and choose whatever works best for you and um, how you choose to pray. Again, there's no specific way to pray. Praying is basically just being honest and talking to God. But there's a sequence of how we should approach God and acknowledging him. So I was on the second part of that prayer. Again, I'll just say the prayer real quick. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Um, so we went over the first part, our Father which is in heaven during the second teaching. Uh, hallowed be thy name. Um, that was the last teaching before this one. But I kind of want to uh, continue on that one because we ended up with the verses that talks about and not only have we approached the throne of grace, have we approached God, which was with thanksgiving and praise when we first start praying, right? Uh, but it also, and um, let's go over that verse, Psalm 96, 2 through 3 says, Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nation, his marvelous deeds among all people. Psalm 107, 8 says, uh, the New International Version, it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And his wonderful deeds for mankind. So I kind of want to spend some time on his wonderful deeds, um, you know, marvelous deeds. They're both in Psalm. So I kind of want to talk about that. So what I do, I focus on creation, uh, what God has created. So let's go over Genesis 1, and I'm going to read you guys verse 26 through 30. It says, then God said, this is when God created Adam and Eve. And he's, this is um, in Genesis 1, basically. So then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the air and the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. That was verse 26. Verse 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image and the image of God he created them, male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 29 says, then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. So as you can see from Genesis 1 verses 26 through 30, God created humans in his own image. And then he, his creations, he pretty much said, you're in control of it. I'm, I'm turning it into you. I'm turning it over to you. You can subdue it. He gives mankind authority over his own creation, right? He, he talks about the animals, um, the fish of the sea, the birds, all the beasts on the earth, 
Um, and then he talks about every seed-bearing plant, right? Um, he says um, he's pretty much giving it all to humans to subdue it. You know, it says the, 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 every seed-bearing plant, it says they will be yours for food, right? Um, so I give you every green plant. Um, so just, so that's, that's what I'm going to be talking mostly about God's creation and how I choose to spend time in this area and just kind of just envisioning and imagining his creations and what he's done for us, the things that he's created for mankind. Um, I mean, just think about trees. Let's just, let's just think about apple tree. Let's say you buy an apple tree or apple seeds and you plant them in your garden. And as it grows and becomes a tree where it can now bear fruit, right? They're apples. You pick the apples and you're kind of happy about you planting it and you feel like, look what I grew, right? Basically, you just put some seeds in the ground and the rest of it, you watered it, right? And it needed sun and the air and the dirt and somehow it started producing fruit. So you pick that fruit and then next year, it gives fruit again. Every year, it's going to give you fruit. And it's not like God says, okay, wait, first year was free. That was on me. Now, second year, I'm going to give you an, a tree full of apples, but now you got to pay for it. It's not free. doesn't say that, right? No, I mean, he gave these seed-bearing plants. They keep bearing fruit season after season after season for as long as the earth remains, right? There will be, uh, the Bible says, planting seed and harvest time. So... That's an amazing gift from God, isn't it? That everything, it's not just a one time, but they keep reproducing seed. And he gave, he spoke it once and it was for as long as the earth exists. Um, so let's get into it a little bit more. Again, this is just how I pray. You guys should pick and choose how much time you want to spend in this area. So um, as far as the nature goes, Acts 14, 17 says, Yet he has not left himself without testimony. Um, he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. So I like to thank God for the gift of rain. You know, I say, Lord, thank you for the gift of rain, for snow, for hail, for anything that brings water and waters the earth, you know, because everything needs, like all, all the plants, all living things need water, right? Um, so I praise God for the gift of water that comes through rain. And that verse right there says that he sends us rain. Um, Jeremiah 5.24 says, They do not say to themselves, Let us fear the Lord our God who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. Again, we would not have any harvest of any kind on the face of the earth if there was no rain, right? So again, it says that God brings about the seasons. You know, there's spring. I, I praise God for the gift of seasons, for spring, for summer, for fall, for winter. Each one of them bring their own beauty, like right? new changes with each one of them that we completely enjoy. So I praise God again for the gift of rain that comes through snow or rain or hail or however. Um, I praise God for his beautiful nature as far as the trees and the plants. The flowers, Psalm 27, 9 says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. So uh, you know how perfumes are made, right? From flowers. I mean, when you see, uh, let's say a beautiful rose, you want to 
today I was just on a walk and jog and I was passing by some homes that had some white roses and I had to stop and smell because sometimes when you buy roses from the stores, they don't have any smell. I don't know how that's possible, but uh, but these ones smelled really good. They smelled like roses. And the Bible is saying in Jeremiah 5.24 that this smell that God put in these flowers is to bring us joy. So apparently the perfumes that we buy, the nice ones, right? And we put it on ourselves or when we smell it, we're like, oh, you smell so good. Apparently that smell brings us joy. So he even thought about that. Um, what else? Let's talk about um, the animals. And I don't want to take too much time, so I'll try to go through it quickly. Um, so let's just, I just thank God for all his, the works of his creations, like for the nature, for the rain, for the snow, um, for the trees, for the plants. And now I just imagine the, the creations that he's done with animals. Let's imagine uh, whales. How big are whales? I mean, the blue, the blue whale is a marine mammal. Um, and it's one of the largest. It can be up to, guess what, 98 feet. 98 feet. <laughs> this is a fish in the sea, right, that God created. And it can weigh as much as 190 tons, which is almost like 200,000 pounds. Can you just imagine? I mean, just Google some pictures of the blue whale. So a fish that big, right, whale created by God. And then at the same time, there's the tiniest I don't know if you guys have ever been snorkeling or scuba diving. I've been snorkeling, not scuba diving, not yet anyway. But you see the most beautiful, uh, you know, clustered of fish, different colors, different shapes from the smallest to different sizes. And it's just amazing. That brings you joy. So God even thought about that, that you have joy, that you enjoy it while you go uh, in the ocean, scuba diving or snorkeling, uh, pretty much seeing this cluster of fish. So there's as small as that and then as, as big as the um, blue whale. So then let's talk about birds. Have you thought about, let's say I, I, I think about eagles, you know. It says eagles, um, you know, they have a very large uh, beak to the point and very strong grip to the point that they can rip flesh from their prey. Um, they have very muscular legs, eagles, and... Um, they can carry more heavier stuff than their own weight. So eagles can be, um, this is, let's just talk about, there's so many different kinds of eagles, but stellar sea eagles, they can weigh as much as 17 pounds. The white-tailed eagle, when they spring, they spread their wings, their wingspan can be eight feet. Imagine that, eight feet when they, open. that's huge. I mean, you know, <laughs> the tall, the, you know, tall people, if we see somebody over six feet tall, we say, wow, he's pretty tall or she's pretty tall, right? Um, some basketball players, you know, or they're over seven. But this is when a when eagle, when this white-tailed eagle spreads her wings, it could be eight feet long. Um, the bald eagle, it says it's been noted that for having, carrying, um, a deer, 15-pound mule deer fawn, you know, a baby deer, 15 pounds. There's pictures on that. Google it and see. So an eagle has been able to do that. Um, now let's talk about the speed of an eagle. Eagles can, if they're diving, you know how they usually make their nest on top of the cliffs, very high. But when they're diving, they can be going 99 miles per hour. This is what, like a race car, 99 miles per hour. 
and their eyesight, their vision, it's they some places I've read, it says it's eight times stronger than humans. That's how laser focused they are. That's how clear they can see and how far they can see. This is a bird that God has created. That's amazing, right? And then you think about, wow, such a powerful, and they're used as symbols, right? And a lot of uh, cultures and a lot of uh, companies, even countries, they use eagle um, as a symbol of strength and power. Um, so now let's talk about something completely opposite of eagle. Let's talk about butterflies. Uh, there's, I read there's over 17,000 uh, different kinds of butterfly species in the whole world, right? So now think about how delicate are butterflies. They could be really tiny. Um, so it says, I think they can be anywhere from half an inch to if they spread their wings to a few inches more, I guess, like the biggest butterflies. Uh, it says the largest type of butterfly is the Queen Alexander's bird wing. It has a wingspan of almost 10 inches. So that's the biggest butterfly can have 10 inches wingspan. That's a big butterfly, isn't it? Um, and then there's smallest, the smallest butterflies can weigh anywhere from two to three grams, which is 0.07 to 0.10 ounces. Look how tiny, how tiny and small and weightless are butterflies, right? Um, so that just goes to tell you like God can create something that big, as big as let's say a whale and then the small fish and then a butterfly, which is so tiny and so delicate and so beautifully crafted and painted to an eagle, you know, with a wingspan of eight feet long. So it just makes you think how detail-oriented God is, but at the same time, how he can uh, create huge things as well. And how much that just shows to tell me that he cares about the tiniest, littlest things in life, right? Um, so again, that's one way I choose to pray by honoring God and worshiping him for the works of his hands for creation. Again, I thank him for the gift of water, which comes through rain and snow for his beautiful nature, for trees, for every seed bearing plant, which, uh, that's where our food comes from, right? Our vegetation. I mean, think about it, the fruit, vegetables, the grains, the nuts, um, the herbs, um, they all are created by God to feed us, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thank God for coffee beans. I thank God for sugar. <laughs> I thank sugar canes. I know the whole world says sugar is horrible for you. It gives you cancer. You should never eat sugar. But hey, God created sugar cane. And I thank God for cream boulets and fruit tarts and all the berries because nothing better than having a cup of coffee with some dessert with uh, some good friend in a nice coffee shop. So even all those things come from God's creation, right? So I'm just being silly, but you get the point. So just think about next time you're having a meal, break it down. Where did each um, part of that meal came from? Uh, it was created by God to feed us, right? Um, just every day, think about everything that you use. Where did this come from? Where did that come from? And you'll be in a more Thanksgiving mode, honestly, acknowledging God's creation, the works of his hands, how he's thought about everything to make us and make our lives comfortable and to bless us. That, that would make you more aware and that you would understand how, how much God loves his children and how much he's done and he's doing for them on a daily basis. So I think we concluded the second part. I know it was kind of lengthy, but 
I just thought it's it's nice to share um, how the the model that Jesus gave us and how we can kind of put in and fill in, um, you know, the how we want to worship God, how we want to approach Him, how we want to acknowledge the works of His hands. So I think the next part of this prayer is going to be God's will because it says, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to be talking about that and how we should pray about God's will in our lives. So until the next teaching, God be with you and God bless you.